Well, look who came back. It's all y'all Samaritan devils. <laughs> I'll never forget the never Samaritan forget. devils. How's your scripture memory going? Memorization, I should say. It's coming. Yeah. I gave up. So yeah. Well, we knew you would. Yeah. I was very open about that. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to read today from Matthew chapter 19 and Mark chapter... 10. Because it's day 304. It is day 304, and this is Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Yes. I, you know, I skipped all this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's all right. They uh, probably know by now, unless you're new. Unless hey, you're new. Welcome, welcome, and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Welcome. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's And you know what? What you're doing right now at work and, yes. and, and at home or whatever, you're you're doing a great job. Incredible. Honestly, we're, we're all really blown away by that. And I love you. You love me. Yes, we love, we love you. Just everybody's... Yeah. Just get it all out there. All right. Well, if you stayed with us, we're now going to read. Oh, yes. Let's read. Oh, (coughs) Oh, my word. (laughs) Something else. Oh, this is crazy. Matthew chapter 19, discussion about divorce and marriage. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and they tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. He said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, if this is the case, it is better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said, only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs, some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. Jesus blesses the children. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. The rich man. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle um, of a needle for, than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Mark chapter 10, discussion about divorce and marriage. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. No. Am I right? Mark 10. Did I say Matthew 10? No. Well, you didn't finish Matthew 19. We didn't? No. 
What was I just? Oh. But with yeah. God, everything is possible. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Right. I've read the Bible before. Yeah. Then You're Peter still thinking said about him, that verse you got to memorize. Well, I don't know why I'm all I over the place. Then that. Peter said to him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? And Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you will have been my followers. You who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. All right, well, if it's all the same to you, Chip, we're going to read Mark chapter 10 now. Sounds good to me. Discussion about divorce and marriage. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came in to try to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question. What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, he wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. Jesus blesses the children. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw that it was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. The rich man. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? Uh, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Jesus again predicts his death. 
They were now on the way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him, but after three days he will rise again. Jesus teaches about serving others. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke uh, to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and he said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be your fir first among you must be slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Hmm. Is this where your parents got that name? Uh, you may not know this, but Chip's legal name is Chipstopher Bartimaeus Bungard. Yeah. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled him. <laughs> wow, that was good acting. Thank you. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. <laughs> oh, man. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. <laughs> cheer up, old chap. I just told you to shut up, but now cheer up, they <laughs> Why said. Why not? Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go. For your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Be quiet. <laughs> Cheer up. <laughs> Why are you so sad? Because all of us said to be quiet? Mm. Oh, my word. Chips to for Bartimaeus Bungard. Let me answer two questions on this show. Mm -hmm. Two questions you may have heard before. <sighs> so what? Hey, you have five kids. You've definitely heard that one. Oh, yeah. And what does this tell us about I've God? Heard, I've, heard, I've heard why. Yeah, why is definitely that. Yeah, why? I is, still hear why. Yeah, I get that. I get that too. All right, you get it. We all get it. Yeah. She gets it. He gets it. Maybe that'll be one. Man, of there's a lot of different things. I was like checking off my list here when I was reading through this. Um, man, and I'm just gonna touch quick. Can I just touch on them quickly, kind of? Rapid. Yeah, fire. Rapid, rapid fire. So what? Yes. Okay. So tell um, me every time you're done, and I'll say so what again. Uh, <laughs> marriage is. Okay, marriage is very important to God. Uh-huh. So uh, pour into your marriage. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you, you got your infidelity and you got your abuse. Be aware of it. Um, stay away from it. Deal with it. Don't, don't um, 
uh, don't allow it to continue. Y- yes, of course. But again, we're, we're living in this age today where it's just, you know, if things are tough and, and rough and difficult, you know, get out, you know, the irreconcilable. There you yeah, go. Yeah, no you, you see it all the time and it just makes me sick. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your state. Jesus fought for you. Fight for your marriage. Do all you can within your needs to do your part. Give 100%. Don't worry about them. They're probably not coming in at 100% or whatever you would like them to come in at. Do your part. Fight for the marriage. God fights for you through Jesus. He values marriage. It's a picture of our relationship with Jesus or uh, the relationship with Jesus and the church and our relationship with him. So do your best. Fight for it. Go after it every single day. Pray for your spouse. Serve your spouse. Love your spouse. And do all you can um, to do to do your part. So that's lesson one. So what? Uh, lesson two. Okay. Yeah. Lesson two uh, takes me back in my college days. I was an arrogant. Um, I was an arrogant uh, leader called to youth ministry, the gift of speaking and preaching. And so we had to, um, we had to, <laughs> this is the days of like VHS. Oh, wow. You know, we had to like record ourselves giving a message. So I recorded myself giving my message to my, my youth group. And uh, I was so excited to hear the praises from my fellow students. Did I tell you this story? No. Oh, gee, it's I'm so pumped. humbling, but it's so good. So excited. Couldn't wait, you know, because you, you take this message back to your group of students in your class and they had to review it. And, uh, and I, I just knew there was no, no critiquing. Well, it was perfect. <laughs> it was right? perfect. Yeah. It was amazing. And it was, but they, they gave me, they gave me this, this, um, critique and I am so, I was so great. I didn't like it at the time. Um, and it was humbling, but, but they were right. So they said, they all said this. I don't know. I guess it was obvious. They said, Chip, you're trying to save them. And they're like, you can't do it. So something in my speaking, they were able to discern. I was trying to say, like, convince, you know, and I know there's some of that in preaching. I get it. But and they were right. Like, when I looked back at it, um, you know, was trying to do things in my own power and my own strength. And so this verse where, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible. So then I realized, okay, my sermons are now planting seeds. Yeah. Yep. And God can say it's awesome and he can use it. So now, yeah, we have to have, you know, we work harder on messages on Sunday and we got to study and pray all week. And but a big part of my praying all week is asking God, the Holy Spirit to to show up and do amazing things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so and it's 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 incredible. Like you can I'll see results out of sermons that are just so simple. And I think it's just not good. And God will just still do impossible things out of it. And it's really awesome, you know. And so I would say, how does that apply to us? That, and this is kind of a relief, you can't save anybody. God can save everybody. And and, and nothing's impossible with him. And so we plant the seeds. We do it right. We do it well. We know the gospel. We preach it. We're faithful to it. And we get that right. But we trust God to do what he does best and to save people. And, and so that, that to me is good because um, I was very prideful. Um, and so it's, it's very humbling to realize I can do, I can, and I pray this every week on doing my prayer walks for my message. And, and I think of you too, Eric, when you preach, you know, we can have the, the, 
the, the well-crafted sermon, the best gospel presentation, all the illustrations line up, the main idea sounds nice, it rhymes, it goes together, it flows, and in our mind, this is like awesome, you know, but without the power of the Holy Spirit and God doing his work, it's, it's nothing. And so I think it's a reminder to, to allow him and ask him to do what he does best, to, to bring the growth, to bring the salvation, to bring the results, because we can't, he right. can. You're totally right. And so, I so what? I don't think I. <laughs> I marked this section. Uh, oh, the servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, servant leadership. Yeah. And so, the, you know, um, I think now, you know, the last so many years, you know, secular businesses are are just. Dis- I was going to say the same thing. They're just discovering this. Yeah, discovering what Jesus taught all years. along. <laughs> You know, so now every leadership I write or read, which is a lot of them, from people that aren't Christians, they, you know, sometimes they mention Jesus or they talk about him without mentioning him, about serving other people and realizing that, you know, it's not top down, it's bottom up. And in the best that you can serve your people, love your people. So if you own a business or you can apply this to your family or whatever, even ministry, yeah. Serve your people. How can you make your people better? How can you um, add value to their life? You know, and just those little things that you can just do and to serve them and to have an impact in their life. And that and really, that's the that's the the leadership Jesus modeled mm-hmm. for us, and that we should follow. So a bunch of so what's there. Hopefully, something spoke to you. Can I say it again, just one time? So what? All right, that's all. <laughs> okay, good. that's all. Sorry. Those were good, Chip. Where do, where do you see God? Yeah, uh, everywhere that it's read. <laughs> but also, uh, what what does this tell us about God? That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been said a few times so far in the Gospels, and um, I really haven't hit on it very much. Just the idea that humility is the key to the kingdom. Um, there's no repentance without humility, right? And um, so just like... Christ takes the kids and he's like, you have to be humble like these kids. Children were a nuisance and property and a liability and just a pain. Kids were a pain. And that's completely different today, guys. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> Not even close. But but wow. like, you know, it was almost like parents had like a business reaction with their interaction with their kids sometimes. Mm. And um, Christ is saying like, no, no, no. These are the ones. Look at them for the example. Right? How upside down is that? And then the rich guy who follows all the commandments. Tell me that. Like, that conversation was put in here for 21st century people. Right? I've never killed anyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, everyone has something yeah. is the point of this. Not Everybody. just the greed, materialism, That's whatever. Right. That was this guy's thing. Yeah. Everybody's got something. Everybody You is. know, so we all have to be like children mm-hmm. and repent of our sins so that we can have a relationship with God. Hmm. So, um just that's that's what I see about God in this one today is that he's more interested in your humility than your holiness. Yeah. You know, um, your holiness only takes you so far. It's not until the righteousness of Christ is applied to your life through humility. I'll say this. I will say this on top oh, of that. Go, go. Humility can lead to holiness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So start with that. Yeah, because humility leads to repentance and repentance leads to holiness. I will say uh, we all have those people like like Chip said, God can save anyone. We all have those people that we think of. I recently uh, assigned my students uh, Mm. to write about the person in their life Mm. that they wish they could lead to Christ. And all of them, I said, what are the obstacles? 
What are the inroads? What are the obstacles? Obstacles for, there were 17 students. The obstacles for 15 of them, they're a prideful person. They're a prideful person. Well, what's the Bible say about pride? Pride comes before the fall, right? Falls humble us. And then the Bible says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So pride leads to a fall. Fall leads to humility. Humility leads to grace. There you go. So there is a lot of goodness that can be found when prideful people suffer their fall, yeah. right? And it's our job to be there ready to help them and mm. to lead them and to mm. bring them to meet their needs as servant leaders and to bring them to Christ, which is their ultimate need. So this was a long one, but a good one. So good. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us today. We Thank are proud, you so of you. Much. proud of you. Welcome to all of our new people. Happy birthday. And we will see you guys again tomorrow. Can't wait. Get some sleep. Bye-bye. It's been a while since they slept. You haven't told them that in oh, a long time. Okay, well, wake up. Oh, <laughs> well, hope you feel rested. All right, bye-bye.